Today's episode is sponsored by OFD Consulting. Are you ready to become a well-known name in the wedding industry? Megan Ely of OFD Consulting has turned a decade plus of on-stage experience into the first ever online course for wedding pros who want to leverage their expertise and become known as an industry thought leader. In just eight weeks, members will learn how to curate a speaking platform and start booking gigs with the support of an award-winning international speaker. Doors close on February 14th with classes starting right away. Make sure to register before it's too late. Save your spot at WeddingIndustrySpeakers.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm so excited to be chatting with Randy Smith all about diversity and inclusion in the wedding industry. Randy shares her thoughts and insights on how to partner with wedding professionals with different backgrounds how to authentically connect with new vendors to create true connections, and how by expanding your vendor circle will truly grow your business. A little bit about Randy before we get started is that she is the founder and lead designer at Sugar Euphoria, a boutique wedding cake and confectionery studio in North Carolina. As a woman of color, she's passionate about diversity and inclusion in the wedding industry, and we're so excited to have her here with us today. So let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Randy, can you say hi to everyone? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited about today. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to jump in. This is actually a great topic. We're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion. And I'm really glad that you're here to talk about this and help um, me and my listeners and you know people sort of get a better understanding of how to be more inclusive and what is diversity and all that good stuff inside the wedding industry. But before we get started, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Sure. So I'm Randy Smith. I'm the owner of Shuki Euphoria. I was actually born and raised in Nassau, Bahamas, the land of sun, sand, and sea. Um, And I moved to the United States to attend college in Chapel Hill. I currently have three little kids, like really little, six, four, and two, and I'm married to my college sweetheart. Um, I started Sugar Euphoria in 2012. Um, It actually started just as a little hobby. I was doing HIV research, actually, and I would come home from the clinic and binge watch Cake Boss, and I said, oh, I mean, I can bake. I've been baking all my life. I can do this too, right? If these guys can do it, surely I can do it. And I just launched Sugar Euphoria with uh, a few fake cakes and 
some ads at a bridal show. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So you just like <laughs> picked it up like you, how long were you baking for? Yeah. So I grew up baking with my mom and my grandma every single Sunday. I don't think we missed a Sunday growing up. Um, and I actually come from a long line of cake designers. Oh. Though they weren't called that back in the day. My great grandmother, <laughs> my grandmother, her sister, they all did wedding cakes like think, no, fountains and LED lights and big old pillars in between tiers. Um, oh my and goodness. So I just, yeah. So I just kind of, I guess maybe it was in my DNA. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> yeah, I just picked it up and started making cakes and took a few classes and the rest is history. That's amazing. So what was your first year like? Yeah. So the first year in business was really interesting. I showed up to a bridal show with some fake cakes and I handed out some flyers and the response was overwhelming. I booked so many weddings that year, albeit they weren't at the price point I needed them to be, but it was a wonderful way for me to get my name out there. Um, and yeah, the first year was actually really, really hectic. I had more orders than I knew what to do with. <laughs> Well, that's a good thing. That's good. I feel like a lot of us start that way where we're undercharging. We don't really know our value or how to express our value. And then, you know, people scoop it up because they're like, they can see it, you know, <laughs> already. And then you're like, wait a minute. I did. How many, do you remember how many cakes you did your first year? I always think it's um, I would say, yeah, I probably did around 30 cakes in the first year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have some photographers that I've talked to and mentor. They're like, oh, I did 100 you know, weddings my first year. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, we oh, need no. to scale that down. Wait, 30 cakes is great. So are you still doing the cake business now? Yeah, I'm still doing the cake business. Oh, that's awesome. And 10 years this, this year, right? Because we're in 10 years this year. I think May would make will make 10 years. Wow. Yeah, it's flown by though. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. If 10 years is something really to celebrate. So I'm so happy that you're here and we're going to be talking and diving into this topic. But, you know, I think what I'd like to know is when you got started, you know, in your business, you know, how were you able to have a success, successful business? Like we hear, you know, what your first year was like. And then, you know, how were you able to sort of grow and build from there? Yeah. So networking was truly key for me. The Raleigh wedding industry is really close knit. Like we're actually a pretty tight knit group. Um, of course, like with most industries, you definitely have some clicks, but nobody is, uh, you know, going down the path of being like a mean girl. <laughs> we don't really have that here. So um, everybody's just really friends with each other. And we, you know, we share clients, we share opportunities. So that was a huge help um, signing up for style shoots and networking with planners, photographers, venues, all of that really, really helped my business and getting my name out there. Um, and then in terms of being able to price what I, my case, where I needed them to be in order to be not just sustainable and stay afloat, but to actually be profitable, um, that came a few years down the road with joining a mastermind and having a mentor who really helped me map it all out, do the math, which I hate, but I did the math <laughs> and figured out, you know, where I needed to start with each cake and then build from there. So both the networking and knowing the numbers, which is 
not, you know, I feel like a lot of creatives are like, I'm not a numbers person. I'm not a business person. That was me for a lot of years. And I kind of hit my head in the sand and only popped up during tax time when I had to tell my husband that, hey, I'm in the red again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, same. I've done um, a couple episodes. We've talked about money. We've had a couple of uh, Mm -hmm. experts on. And, uh, you know, I've been in business now almost 12 years. And the crazy part is that I just got QuickBooks like two or three years ago. <laughs> you know, and my accountant, she would just kill me every tax season. And then finally I was like, okay, let's let's do this. Let's do QuickBooks. And honestly, right before a call, I just like reconciled the rest of the year and it took me two minutes. And it's like, okay, like, you know, it's so what you don't know oh, and then you, you know it. <laughs> yes. Well, that is awesome. I'm proud of you for doing oh, Thank that. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be efficient. Start of the new year. <laughs> But I love, you know, I love that you took the time, one, to invest in yourself and get a mentor and have someone really help you. And that was, you were able to grow your business, like be profitable within the first few years, which is so awesome to hear. And I think really inspiring, hopefully to our listeners, because usually I say, especially for me, like the first three years, you don't, you know, it's like you're finding yourself, you're finding your style, you're finding what you want to do. And then you mm-hmm. could kind of like really grow in year three and like start making real money. So I love yep. hearing that. Yep. yep. That's exactly it. So it's, you know, there was a lot of hard times, a lot of uh, having to cut back and streamline and, hey, do I want to keep this, you know, retail bakery that I felt was really wasteful? Mm, you know, no, because here we are throwing out cupcakes at the end of the night and that just didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we just had to take a few steps back and say, okay, we're going to go to studio base. Uh, and that has been the greatest thing. That's me. awesome. Oh, I mm-hmm. love that. So now that we know a little bit more about you and your story, you know, maybe you can just share, you know, how do you navigate the daily challenges that you face? Oh my goodness. I have the best village ever. Um, Of course, I'm biased because they're all my family members. (laughs) But (laughs) um, the biggest help for me whenever I'm having a hard day or have a lot on my plate is being able to turn to my mother-in-law, my sisters-in-law, my friends, um, my husband for sure to get help with the kids or running errands or just things like that so I can focus on my clients and the work that I do. Yeah. Those folks, yeah, they helped me out so much. And when I was a new mom, I was really afraid to ask for help. I would keep my newborn with me in the bakery. You know, she'd be on my back or I would (laughs) wrap her up to the front. And I was like, oh, I can't really work like this. So finally I had to ask for help and they all jumped in. And so they help out not just during the week when I'm creating, but also on delivery days, I can count on them to either take the kids or show up to the venue and like hang out with them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. While I set up the cake. Yeah. It yeah, takes so a village. Really I love that. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And other than that, when I'm stressed out, I just turn on my music and folks, if they peek in the window, would see me jumping around, dancing around the kitchen as I'm <laughs> I love you know, taking out butter or mashing sugar or something like that. So, yeah. So, so let's start talking about, you know, diversity and being inclusive. And, you know, I would love to get your thoughts on, you know, what do you think, you know, the wedding industry as a whole, you know, could start doing to be more better, you know, like of being inclusive and celebrating love of all people. Yeah. So I felt like 2020 was the, had a summer, we had a summer of reckoning. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, was 
throwing up the black squares on Instagram or the cute little IG post that said, listening to Melanated Voices. Um, we had so many town halls and I felt like at that point, hey, people are finally starting to get it. Like they're finally starting to see what we as vendor, black vendors or vendors of color have been saying for years. Like there's really very little representation, especially on the large platforms. Um, and not just the large platforms, but when we go to our colleagues' websites, it's like, hey, there's nobody here that looks like me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I felt like, okay, we're finally starting to get it. People are listening. Um, and I would say for the most part, I felt like in the summer of 2020, people were really putting on a face that they were attempting to be uh, more inclusive with their clients, with their vendor relationships, in their marketing materials. Um, and honestly, I felt like it was a summer of lip service and then it all kind of faded away. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of disheartening uh, to see that at, like by fall. Um, I would say personally, I had a ton of folks reach out and say, hey, you know, we want to add you to our list or we want to do a photo shoot with a couple of color. And they did. And then the pictures never materialized on the website or anything like that. So I still feel like we have a ton of work to do um, and not just on the race side, but I mean, size, inclusivity, gender identity, sexual orientation. Um, I think we need to put our actions where our words were. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I feel like, you know, as a photographer, I, I have a lot of photographer friends who say, well, I just don't get black clients, you know, like they just don't want to work. Uh -huh. You know, I just don't know what to do. And there's like a little, there's a fine line of doing a shoot and having it be inclusive with, you know, people of color, but you also don't want to make it insincere. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, there's a fine line that I think as the photography community asks itself often. It's like, I want to work with people of other races, other colors, other ethnicities, but how do I attract them? if I don't have them already, you know, I think for yeah. me, and I can only speak for myself, but I have clients of every race and every, you know, like if you look at my portfolio, it's very diverse, mm -hmm. but I'm also in New York city. So right. it's like, it's going to be diverse no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm very happy that clients come to me because they know I'll take care of them and their skin tones and respectful of different cultures. But how would you suggest people who do not live in an urban area but want to do be more inclusive? How would you suggest that they could start to, to do that on their own? Maybe, you know, specifically for wedding photographers, but maybe also trickle down into other wedding vendors. I would love to hear your input. Yeah. So a really easy way is to just search a number of different hashtags on Instagram to find vendors of color. I think that's going to be the first. The, the first and the easiest way to um, start those relationships and start being able to bring in clients um, of different diverse backgrounds, right? So if you are saying, you know what, I don't have an LGBTQ couple on my website and I would really love to work a same-sex wedding, you can search hashtags on Instagram and connect with the vendors um, that service these couples. Um, and, you know, and even better if they identify as LGBTQ themselves, or, you know, whether it's um, Asian American, or whether it's black um, couples that you're trying to attract. So mm -hmm. that would be my first thing. It's like, it's really easy to find folks on IG through the hashtags, you know, location specific, um, that 
particular um, diverse background that you're searching for and then reach out to them uh, and do it in a sincere manner. You know, if you love their work, tell them that you love their work and that you would love to get to know them um, and possibly work together. And so that's super easy way to find them. And then there are also um, a ton of different publications and platforms on social media that service these couples as well. Um, Equally Wed being one, Amuna Luchi or the Be Collective um, for uh, couples of color. Um, so those are just a few tips on on finding folks on social media. But the big thing is, you know, reaching out to people whose work you admire because there are really good vendors of all different backgrounds out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once you do that, reach out, schedule a meeting and then potentially move forward with planning a style shoot. Um, and you want to also involve people of that community on, in the vendors of the style shoot. So personally, I don't think it's okay to say, I want to attract Black clients and, hey, I found a Black couple to model, but then all of my um, vendor team that is doing the style shoot is white because right. um, the model is, you know, the models will see that um, they may not feel comfortable. It's going to come through on the photos. And then when you put out, you know, your credits on social media and you're listing everybody, um, and if I was a black bride looking and saying, oh, this is beautiful. Look at this model. Look at this shoot. But as I go through each vendor, I'm like, huh, none of them are black. Mm-hmm. What is this about? Mm-hmm. And so then that starts to feel a little bit like tokenism. So definitely involving people of the community in your photo shoots, adding them to your vendor list um, and building those relationships. And you'll see that organically, you'll start to increase your pool of diversity. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a great way to do it. And in in a authentic way, I think you have to come from this with a good heart, you know, like Mm -hmm. you, you really believe in it and you're doing it because, because you, because you want to, and not because society is telling you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel (laughs) like you have to do it because what you just said is if you do a styled shoot and you only have people of color as the models, but everybody else is not, what are you saying? Right. You know, like what it's like, you know, read between the lines, I guess, is maybe what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's also, you know, I'm a white woman. Like, I think, you know, I guess to ask you, you know, if, how do I go about approaching someone of who I love? You know, like the, you know, I look at things differently because I'm in the city. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just look at things differently, but like, I love, let's say I love your cake your cakes and I'm going to reach out to you like, Hey girl, I love your work. Oh my gosh. You know, like whenever you're in New York, let me know. I'd love to get together. Like, would that be insincere or sincere? Like how would, how would you approach that connection to be authentic? Yeah. So I would definitely approach it through a lens of, um, I guess maybe rose colored glasses seems a bit naive, but (laughs) you know, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is great. Here is another connection. Um, and a location that I'm interested in, or, you know, I have mutual love for your work too. So for me, that, uh, that seems pretty sincere to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, if you like, I've looked through your portfolio, I love your work, or I love this particular cake. It doesn't seem so generic as like, you're doing it like a blast. <laughs> social right, media yeah. Because, you know, I get those too. And I'm like, actually, that's not me, or you didn't see my cake there. Or, you know, that's not my name or my company name. <laughs> so, um, you know, stuff like that kind of like side eye that person. But, you know, I have people reach out all the time and I reach out to folks all the time to just say, hey, I love your work and I would love to connect with you. Um, and that I think that's just a good 
baseline without, you know, you're making this connection without asking for something in return. Right. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, when you approach a vendor that you want to work with, a vendor with a diverse background, I would suggest not immediately reaching out and say, hey, do you want to do this style shoot with me where you're essentially asking them for their time and their product um, without, you know, having some type of rapport right. at first. Um, and then just another thing I want to point out is if you are utilizing these vendors to um, diversify your clients and your marketing, I would suggest offering some type of compensation to them, mm-hmm. you know, because essentially you're like, huh, I am lacking in this area and I need some help. Um, and so you don't want to just go out and expect labor and product um, from folks for free. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody needs to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I, and I think with styled shoots too, at least from my own experience, is that if everyone comes to the table and knows it's going to be an investment to better mm-hmm. their portfolio, and they're, you know, attract their, who they want to work with and ideal clients. Most people are willing to invest their own personal money. And if they need mm-hmm. to get paid again, like it's a pool of people, it's, it's usually not on one person, unless maybe the planner would take more of that, know, but yeah, planners. Think, yeah, it's a good conversation. <laughs> it's a good conversation to have. I think so. And I know for me, I always appreciate when people offer to pay for the cake, especially, you know, when somebody's up and coming or somebody's looking to diversify their own um, client base and they offer. And I'm always like, you know what? It's fine if our goal is to be published or, you know, this is not any a major ask and I'm fine contributing my time and my product. But you just don't want to assume that people are willing to help you out, you know, because you're lacking in, in some area. Exactly. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I love that. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, you mentioned like the wedding industry, you know, and maybe like, I think a good point or like maybe a good reference point would be like conferences, you know, mm-hmm. like, or speakers or people who help educate other people. Like, how do you think that could benefit from more diversity, um, you know, in your opinion? Yeah, I have been on panels regarding this um, back in 2020. And I've sat in the audience when some of the big names in the industry were getting called out, you know, the big conferences, Mm -hmm. um, the luxury conferences, the huge platforms. Um, And for a time, just like with the people in my area and what I saw on social media, they, you know, were putting out lists and attempting to be diverse. And that I feel like from what I see, it's kind of trickled away Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think you know they just need to continue to be reminded Mm -hmm. of this um, from us and say you know I will push uh, whenever I have a wedding or a style shoot like we're going to push this to a huge platform um, and I have a lot of relationships with the people behind those platforms and say hey I submitted this and you know let's add some diversity there Um, but it it was going heavy in 2020. And I feel like we've kind of, we've kind of fallen off on that too. Um, and on the conference side, I will say that I've noticed that there are more people of color, more people of diverse backgrounds um, being able to hit the main stage. I think for a time, I was seeing a lot of my friends as like, Oh, breakout session leaders, or I'm going to teach a class here. And then the main stage, the keynote speakers were all white. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm seeing a, 
a lot more diversity in the conference world, which I'm really, really excited about. I just came back from Engage in the Bahamas, and I was really excited to see um, how many people of color were up there, um, how many people who identified as LGBTQ plus were up there. So that did my heart good to see that. Oh, um, and so that. I'm hoping, yeah. And so I'm hoping that, you know, as folks with maybe smaller conferences or just starting their own conferences, look to those larger platforms who are doing good work and say, okay, I want to hire this person because I saw what they did at Engage. You know, I want to bring them to my conference and, um, you know, even like NACE or something like that and having a more diverse panel. So I'm really encouraged on the conference side, but I do think the magazines and the online platforms still have work to do. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it won't happen overnight, but as long as they keep, keep doing it and keep being reminded to do it, I feel like it will just organically and hopefully happen, you know, where hopefully at one point we're not even talking about it. It's like, it's just, right. a, yeah, it's just a mix of people. And you're like, Hey, it's New York city <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, all over my social media platform. I love it. Wait, so you went to engage and uh, I'm going to New Orleans. So no way, I'm going to New Orleans too. <gasps> okay. So we'll meet in person. This is happening in real time. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! And I love that you said that you liked that they were um, they had a really good lineup. That makes me really happy and excited, even more to attend. So I'm pumped. Was that your first engage, or how it many have you been? First to? engage. Oh, okay. What did you think? Oh, so first of all, I've been saying I was going to engage for years and years. <laughs> and when they announced that they were going to the Bahamas, I was like, perfect. I don't have to pay for a hotel. I'm staying with my parents. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really nice to be able to do that. Um, but it was wonderful. It was absolutely everything that I hoped it would be. Um, and I will say that I talked about networking at the top of this. It was like networking on a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody says. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you had a great experience. Makes me and hopefully our listeners excited to go. Oh, yeah. I said I would probably stop all other advertising avenues like paid advertising and just save my money to go to as many engages as I could. Oh, I love that. That's a good mm-hmm. takeaway. <laughs> yeah. This is that good. My oh, husband's that's like, awesome. wait, you're trying to go again. We just came back. You're trying to go again in June. I was like, mm-hmm. and then to Ireland in October. So. Oh, nice. Oh my gosh. I have friends going to Ireland. I'll have to um, email you separately so you can make sure you meet up with them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going yet. I'm like, I have to sell a whole lot of cakes for us to go over there. For like <laughs> we, but we should. Oh, that, that's good. That's good. I love that. So, you know, uh, here at TOHNA, we love giving our listeners tangible tips, actionable items to do. And I would love to pick your brain. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you can maybe help give us a couple takeaways, you know, how can people listening, you know, work to be more inclusive within their own businesses and maybe help pivot the pace of of our culture, you know, what would maybe like three or four takeaways that you can think of on the top of your head? Sure. So one thing that I hadn't mentioned previously, but if you have the opportunity to hire uh, a diverse team, I would highly suggest that um, because if you are uh, speaking for me, if you're going to hire or if you're going to advertise and market to black people, black couples, then I show up on the day of and your whole team, like everybody is white. I'm like, oof, culturally, is this going to work? But if I see that you have a diverse team, then I'm more 
likely to feel a little bit more comfortable um, mm-hmm. with the services. So that's definitely one if you can. Um, of course, you know, people are in different regions of the country and that's not always very easy. But if you have the opportunity to and the person is a qualified candidate and you think a good fit for your team, then I don't see why not. And then so that would be tip number one. Um, it kind of starts from within your own culture, your own business. Um, and then tip number two is reach out and make those connections. Um, you know, nothing has to come out of it right away, but start a rapport with some vendors in your area that are um, able to add some diversity to your network. It's definitely going to help. And if you can build organic relationships with those people, you'll find that you'll also attract people like them and they'll yeah. send you referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a really nice way, you know, I know COVID is still a thing. So as safely as you can (laughs) try to meet up with these people. (laughs) Um, So that would be tip number two. And then tip number three is if you are coming on social media or you're, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a beautiful wedding of a diverse couple, then share it. You know, it's really easy to share it with your followers, comments, um, and just give it some love some social media love and love that Mm -hmm. that's such an easy tip you guys that's so easy you just hit that little paper airplane icon Uh on instagram share it and and you've helped spread the word i love that randy that's so great oh thank you yeah i love that so easy so um this has been awesome i'm i'm really glad that you were here this is such a great conversation and also i'm very excited to meet you and engage in new orleans in person so give a wait for a hug well, let's tell everybody um, how they can find out more about you, your services, and say hello online. Sure. So I am at Sugar Euphoria every single place online. Awesome. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. I have fallen in love with TikTok. So come and say hey to me over there if you have TikTok. Um, and then my website is SugarEuphoria.com. Awesome. Cool. So all these uh, links will be in the show notes. You guys can swipe on up right now, click on the links and tell Randy you listened to today's episode. Randy, thank you so much for being here. And I hope you come back soon. I'd love to have you again. Oh, I'll be back whenever you'll have me. This was so fun. That's it, everyone. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Randy for being our incredible guest today. It was so lovely getting to talk to you and thank you so much for sharing your insight with us. I hope it's helpful for everyone who's listening. And if you want to find out more about Randy and her services, or maybe even talk to her and get some advice or start a conversation all about diversity and inclusion, feel free to swipe on up, click on those show notes and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.